In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, are you asking the question, how righteous do I have to be to get into heaven? If you are, if you have, if you're wondering that, then you're ready for the words of Jesus. Uh, and it's like this. Remember when you were a, a child and you went to the fair or some sort of carnival or something like this? And you're standing on, you're standing in line to ride on the tilt-a-whirl and you're wondering the whole time if you're tall enough? You know, there's that, there's that little, uh, stick that the guy has and it has a red mark and you have to be 42 inches to go on the ride and, and you don't know until you get there and you stand up and you, and you wore your tallest of your shoes and so you can maybe reach it and he'll get there and he'll measure you and he'll say if you're in or, if you're out. That's the kind of feeling that we want to have when we're looking at the text. Am, it's not am I tall enough, but am I good enough? Will I pass the muster? Well, how will it be when I'm judged? When I die, will, will I find the gates of heaven for me opened or closed? Now, I don't think most people are worried about it. I really don't think most people think about it at all. They avoid any sort of thought of death. And when it comes to the judgment, they think something like this. I'm pretty good and God's a nice guy. Nothing to worry about. In fact, I think that it's growing uh, stronger and stronger, the idea that there is no standard. There's no requirement to be acceptable to God or to make it into His kingdom. There's no stick with a red line drawn across it for God. The, the doors of heaven are propped open with the bricks of tolerance and anyone who wa wants to can just walk right in. False. There is a standard. There is a mark. There is a requirement. And it is the Ten Commandments. That is God's standard. Only the holy enter here to the kingdom of God. And holiness is defined by God by the Ten Commandments. That is what God requires of us, what He asks more, what He demands. And anything short of that, anything off the mark, and the wages for you is the wages of sin. Death. The mark is the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or his donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Ten commandments. Ten wonderful commandments. Ten beautiful laws. So wonderful and so beautiful. In fact, so marvelous that they make you and I look pretty bad. Has it ever happened to you that you're standing there somewhere socially and... And you, you think, yeah, everything's going pretty good. I look pretty good. I'm standing pretty tall. I exercised a couple times this week. I'm feeling good, feeling strong. Someone comes and stands next to you. <laughs> Some incredibly handsome fellow. Someone who looks like he's modeling suits for, for men's warehouse or something like that. Or, or, or some guy who could make the U.S. gymnastics team. And he comes and stands next to you. He doesn't even notice you. 
and suddenly you don't feel so tall or handsome or whatever it is. That's what the law does. You might feel pretty good standing there on your own. But when the Ten Commandments come and stand next to you, it's a pretty intimidating sort of thing. Ooh, those are a lot taller than I thought. The perfection that the law describes is precisely the opposite of how you and I live. It's, and we don't seem so good after all. Maybe I should be a little bit worried about the man standing there with the stick and the red mark. Maybe I'm not tall enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. That's what the Ten Commandments teach us. And when we're there, we're almost ready. But there's one more piece of the puzzle to put together before these words of Jesus will ring in our ears. If you were gathered there on the mountain when Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and that's where the text comes from, Matthew 5, 6, 7, Sermon on the Mount. If you were gathered there and you were your run-of-the-mill, honest Jewish worker, you're a carpenter or a fisherman or whatever it is, and you're sitting there uh, listening to Jesus, the incredibly handsome, athletic fellow that would come and stand next to you and intimidate you was the Pharisee. Those guys. I mean, not that they looked more handsome, but, but they were the ones who were good. Those were the guys who were holy. The Pharisees were the ones that had dedicated their lives to keeping the Ten Commandments, to make sure that they didn't even come close to breaking the Ten Commandments. They invented hundreds of other laws as well. And if you thought that you were good and holy enough for God, a Pharisee would walk up and you'd say, Wow, I'm not near as holy as that guy. I mean... Here's this group of guys who would spend every waking moment of their lives studying the law and trying to keep it. And if you're not sure that you're good enough, this puts you in despair. Now, it could be that you, you a Jewish worker, are not sure if you're good enough to get into heaven, but when the Pharisee walked up, there was something that you were sure of. And this is the point. You were sure that he was good enough. If you weren't sure about anything else, you were sure that the Pharisee, that the Pharisee was good enough to enter the kingdom of heaven. That the Pharisee had achieved a righteousness that was worthy of God's kingdom. You knew that. Because if he hadn't done it, if he hadn't done it, then, then nobody had. So you're standing there listening to Jesus. And if, and if the people back then wore socks, <laughs> the words of Jesus would have knocked them off. <laughs> Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. You, you made it to the front of the line to ride the tilt the world and you see the guy holding the stick... And the stick is a hundred feet tall into the air. Jesus is wielding in the text the hammer of, of, of the law with such forcefulness that everything in its way is crushed. I, I'm looking at the Pharisee and I'm thinking to myself, how can I ever be this good? And Jesus comes and says, now you have to be better. And he gives examples. You remember the fifth commandment? You shall not murder. You think that you're not a murderer? Well, look, if you're angry with your neighbor, you've murdered him. 
You've heard the commandment, you shall not commit adultery. You think that you've been chaste and holy because you haven't committed adultery. Jesus says if you look with lust upon a person, you commit adultery. Zap! Jesus gathers all the people on the mountain gathered to listen to Him that day. He gathers them all up together, Pharisee and not Pharisee, scribe and not scribe. He gathers everyone up together in one massive heap. Sinner, unworthy of the kingdom of heaven. And you and I are on that heap. Righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. It's an impossible thing. But that's what the law does. When we were in Oregon last week, we went to this cave and the, the guide was taking us through and there was a part where there was a flume, kind of a, just dropped straight down and there were, they had built a winding staircase and it went down, I don't know, maybe 50 feet and you wind down and you keep going on the tour and the guide was telling us how this flume was discovered. The first guy that was in there had a rope and he threw the rope down and he climbed down and he got to the end of the rope and he wasn't at the bottom of the hole. And he hung there for a little bit, thinking what to do. And then he jumped. That's dumb. <laughs> if you ever find yourself in that situation, don't do that. But this is what the law does to us. It brings us to the end of our rope. We think we can, we can cling to some sort of illusion of our own goodness. And we're climbing down there, but we still haven't reached it. And we're climbing down, and we're climbing down, and we're still not there. And we're down to the end of the rope, and we're putting our foot, trying to find something to hold on to, and there's nothing there. And we're, and we're letting go to it. And, and finally, we're, we have our fingernails dug into the last inch of the rope, and we're kicking our feet to see if we've made it. You haven't. You, you can't. You cannot, by your own works or your own efforts, you cannot reach heaven. You cannot be good enough for God. He fell only three feet, by the way, <laughs> and got to the ground. But the law has us to the end of the rope where we let go and, and fall. We despair of our own goodness. We despair of our own righteousness. We despair of our own efforts. And we let go of it all. And we fall, dear saints, and we are caught by the bloody hands of Jesus. You have to do it. You have to let go. You have to know that you cannot... Enter the kingdom of God by your own righteousness. For the only way to have a righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees is for you to have the righteousness of Jesus. The only way for you to be good enough to enter heaven is for Jesus to, to say that you're good enough. For Jesus to forgive your sins. For Jesus to declare you holy and perfect. And righteous. And that, dear saints, is exactly what He does. When Jesus is, is dying on the cross, He's dying there to win for you a righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. And when you were baptized, Jesus gave that righteousness to you. Whenever you hear the, 
the promise of the Gospel, in the absolution, in the preaching, in the Lord's Word, in the altar and the sacrament delivered, whenever you hear the promise, Jesus is handing over to you a righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. He is handing over to you His own righteousness, His perfection, the righteousness of God, declaring you to be holy and perfect and, listen, worthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. So you're wondering, how righteous do I have to be to get into heaven? The answer is, as righteous as Jesus, as righteous as God Himself, and that, dear saints, is as righteous as you are by His mercy. This is our hope and our peace. God be praised. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.